Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, we're previewing Game 5 between the St. Louis Blues and Minnesota Wild. The Blues are getting a couple important guys back into their defensive rotation with Nick Letty and Robert Bortuzzo making their return to the lineup. Scott Perunovic staying in the lineup. Jordan Biddington getting the start once again. And uh, it's turned into a best of three. Big game tonight. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast. The Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and as always, I'm joined by Thomas Welch. Tommy, we got a big game coming up tonight. How we feeling? How we feeling? A lot better than I did before last game. I don't know, Josh. I mean, you, we were talking about it a little bit on the pod, but a three to one swing between a two to two swing is massive, massive jump, right? If you go into a game thinking you've got one game left to clinch and move on, it's an entirely different mindset than uh, evening up the series. So I like the fact that the Blues went out there, took care of business, even though they got they got some guys banged up. Uh, they went 11-7, so they were kind of prepared for it. Uh, it sounds like the Blues lineup for tonight is uh, potentially going to go that similar route. Like you said, they got a lot of um, key guys back on the defense, including Nick Letty and Bertuzzo, with the addition of Scott Perunovich, who looked great in his playoff debut. I like the Blues' chances tonight, and it's a huge game. Like you said, I think uh, when I was looking at the statistics, the, the team that wins Game 5 wins... 80% of the time, like the entire series. Yeah, yeah. I think I said that. I probably said that exact statistic like five times in my in my solo episode. But I mean, yeah, you're totally right. Before we get into anything more, I wanted to thank you guys out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen. Because, uh, hey, by the time you're listening to this, we're probably about 30 minutes from puck drop. So uh, exciting stuff here. But I mean, yeah, it, it's it's huge. Game five is gigantic. You know, it's a best of three. Um, and the Blues have a chance to, you know, put minnesota's backs up against the wall tonight uh or come out of the game with their backs up against the wall the the narrative coming out of this game is going to be drastically different depending on who wins or who loses i know expert analysis here um but it's it's true it's probably the biggest not probably it is up until this point the biggest hockey game the st louis blues have played in three years because they didn't have a chance in that Vancouver series two years ago. They didn't have a chance in that Colorado series last year. This is the biggest game the St. Louis Blues have played since Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. And I've been excited about it ever since Game 4 ended. Um, especially with the way that they played, missing as many defensemen as they were missing. Um, Jordan Binnington, you know, reclaiming the cage after going 0-9 in his last nine playoff starts. I mean, the, the storylines are all there, and the Blues weathered the storm and played a really good game of hockey to put themselves in this position uh tell me i don't know if you saw <laughs> our youtube comments two episodes ago were getting real real feisty we got 27 oh, comments wow. in one thread of pe- people people arguing back and forth wild fans and blues fans so i mean this has been a competitive of a series as you can get i think the teams when the respective teams have won their games. It hasn't been close. We haven't had a close game yet in this series. Seth predicted five overtimes. We haven't gotten close to one. It's been the team that has won has won in convincing fashion all four times. So, I mean, I guess my question to you is, do you think it's going to be more of the same tonight? Or you think we're finally going to get a, a close one? I, I think we that? might get a close one. I think uh, throughout the course of any playoff series in any sport, I feel like you do a lot of, a, a lot of learning, right? And a lot of adjusting to how, uh, 
like what the Wild do is successful and what the Blues do is successful. And so obviously get on a game to game basis, you're going to make adjustments and uh, try to shut that down. And I feel like uh, after game one, the Wild did a good job of making those adjustments towards the Blues. Uh, and then the Blues recently have made those adjustments towards the Wild. Like I, th- I think the biggest adjustment that the Blues have made is everyone talks about like the physicality that the Blues bring. Um, and that is a huge point and like, Josh, you love bringing up those big bodies, but I think a couple games ago, the players were talking about how uh, they were probably chasing hits too much instead of uh, playing the puck a little bit more, and I think that's been a conscious effort uh, from not only the players, but from Craig Berube, too. I think he's moved Braden Shen around. Uh, he's on the first line tonight, so if that tells you anything um, of Craig Berube's opinion of Braden Shen's play this series, I mean, what can you say about it? The dude's doing it all, right? And so I think... Uh, He's doing everything that you ask of him, and what was asked of him earlier on in this series was be a tone setter for the physicality. But like I said, when you're chasing hits like that, it kind of takes you out of the offensive and the defensive play, and I feel like uh, the last game he was a little bit more uh, cognizant of that. So I think we're going to see uh, more of an impact of Braden Chen offensive and defensively and less physicality, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. So if you're looking at this game, be like, why isn't Chen hitting people, running them into the boards after Spurgeon did that? All that stuff, I think that's... That will actually benefit the St. Louis Blues if he doesn't play that style of game. Yeah, and I'm I'm honestly surprised. Like I thought I was expecting the series to get a little bit more off the rails um, after that game one and after that Spurgeon stuff. I was expecting there to be some uh, some chippies. I don't have we got a fight yet? I don't think we have. No. No. So I mean, both teams have done a very good job of staying composed. I mean, there were definitely times when it felt like the Blues were out there trying to trying to play like uh special teams uh and 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 treating the minnesota wild like punt returners just throwing their bodies at them left and right um but i don't think it has led to anything egregious or dirty or questionable or anything like that which is encouraging because that was one of the things that i was worried about with the lack of suspension for spurgeon that it was going to kind of open the door to um players thinking that they could push the envelope just like that so i'm glad that we've gotten ourselves an even series but i mean yeah, I, I think, I mean, the defense is going to be huge. Getting a guy like Nick Letty back and getting a guy like Robert Bortuzzo back um, is really important. Marco Scandella, obviously. Is he he is he in tonight, Tommy? I don't think he is. Scandella? I don't believe yeah. so, no. Yeah, so he, he tried skating on that, uh, whatever his lower body, I mean, well, we know it is. It's a knee. He tried skating on that. A um, couple shifts didn't didn't work out. Tory Krug out long term. So the Blues defense is still not fully healthy, but getting those guys back, plus, you know, Scott Perunovich looking as good as he did, um, is encouraging. Now, another guy who is, you know, getting back into the lineup or got back into the lineup recently is Jordan Binnington, who had his best playoff game in, like I said, three years. Um last game against the Minnesota Wild and he gets to start again tonight should be a uh, pivotal performance for him and the rest of the team so we'll be talking about Jordan Bennington uh, and what we liked out of him in game four and what we're expecting out of him in game five when we get back but first I want to tell you guys about betonline.net our partners at betonline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs major league baseball scores fights and even next season nfl futures betonline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. And we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All 
All right, Tommy. So uh, I believe it, this was after game one, maybe. It was. I think it might have been after game one. Or um, we were talking about the the possibility of Jordan Bennington getting a start in the series. It was either after game one or game two. Um, and we basically said like, nah, it's it's too soon. You know, uh, there would need to be some more things that go wrong for Jordan Bennington to get a start in this series, but definitely not ruling it out. And then. Billy Huso struggles, Jordan Bennington gets the start, and dazzles. Uh, didn't pitch a shutout, didn't quote-unquote steal a game, but he made some very, very timely saves. And I know earlier I said that the they haven't had a close game yet, but that last game was very, very close up until the Blues kind of broke through there right at the end. It was 3-2. to two. Um, The Wild had a lot of chances. The empty netter saved yeah, me a lot yeah, of Yeah, the empty netter was huge. 180-foot goal from David Perron, but I mean... There was definitely a time there where the Wild were trying to do what the Blues did in in that first loss that they had, where they came real close to, to evening up the game. Momentum was still about 60-40 in favor of the Blues, but the Wild were knocking on the door, and you know, a, a weaker Jordan Bennington performance would have probably led to the Wild winning that game with the pressure that they were putting on there at the end. So he stood tall. Uh, he made some really big saves, and just most importantly, I say this a lot, he gave the Blues a chance to win. When you have an offense like this, you're not going to be re- requiring your goalie to steal games like that, but you just need to let your goalie, or you need, you need your goalie to give you a chance to win, and Jordan Bennington did just that, and then some. He kept them in the game there late, he kept the Wild from pouncing on a couple scoring opportunities, um, He's he did really well on the uh, the penalty kill, he, he was great, I heading into that game pressure was on him you know very easily could have seen another performance like ah Jordan Bennington just doesn't have it in the playoffs after that cup run we could have very easily been sitting there with this as the narrative but now all of a sudden we saw the best version of Jordan Bennington uh in the playoffs that hasn't ended with him lifting a Stanley Cup over his head in the last three years so I'm encouraged I think at this point he's the starter for the rest of the playoffs unless some crazy stuff happens, um, but I mean, he looked strong. He had one of his best games of the season in Game Four. What do you expect out of him tonight? What do you like out of him in Game Four? Let's. I want to hear your thoughts. Okay, so let's let's start by saying I know there's a lot of stats thrown around about Jordan Bennington and his his history in the playoffs. I think it was like he lost uh, his last nine playoff games before the last win or something along along those lines. Um, but the break break that down to you guys. Um, so that series against the Vancouver Canucks, right, is obviously in the bubble. There's no fans there, which I think, uh, I don't know if he's gone on record before saying it, but like the, everyone surrounding Jordan Bennington basically knows that he feeds off of the crowd, much like a lot of goaltenders. But I think like the reason that he comes out, skates around and swings a stick at people and like that gets a rise out of the crowd and like ha- having be the spotlight player and have everybody's eyes on you, I think is 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 what part of is it's part of what drives Jordan Bennington as not just as a goalie but as a hockey player right as an athlete and so to go out there and have a completely silent crowd and you're just hearing like the sound of the puck and the sound of players communicating where it almost sounds like a practice it's I feel like it'd be difficult to get into the zone especially for a guy like Bennington so not to make excuses for what happened in Vancouver but that's a yeah that's like that's a difficult situation for anybody to be put in and then the next playoff series, he goes up against the Colorado Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon without David Perron and then a couple games in without Justin Falk too. So, you know, what are you going to do, right? But like you said, he bounced back strong. 
with his with his first win this time. And I know a lot of people are talking about Billy Huso and whether or not to like put him in based off of his sample size this season, which I get it. Like I think Billy Huso's a great goalie and he's done great things this stretch of the entire season long, but this um this recent stretch in the last five games, those stats we brought up on the on the last time I was on the podcast, he hasn't been uh, that same goalie that we've seen all season long. And I think when you talk about riding the hot hand for the playoffs, uh, and it's like a what have you done for me lately kind of mindset, it's even shorter of a time frame, right? Because we're talking about Jordan Bennington having a bounce back game and potentially like leading this team on a Stanley Cup run again. He's won one game, right? And that seems like crazy on like a small sample size, but that's what you have to do with the playoffs because momentum swings so violently. And that is basically what's going to happen and why this game is so pivotal because you go from 2-2 up 3-2 with two games left, you only have to win one of those. So your percentage of winning the entire series goes way up. The feelings of the team, morale goes way up. So this is a huge game. And I I tweeted about it earlier, but even if Billy Huso is playing at the top of his game, like... And what I've seen from Jordan Bennington, what we saw from him game seven, where he shut the door in the first period and shut the door in the rest of the game. I mean, there are not many goalies in the entire NHL that can swing momentum in your favor like Jordan Bennington can. So not only am I um, 100% okay with this and approve of Craig Bruby's decision to go back to Jordan Bennington, I don't think there's anyone in the entire NHL that I'd want in net for this game in particular than Jordan Bennington. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it sounds crazy, like you said, but I, I mean, goaltending is such a mental position. Um, obviously, there are super athletic goalies that can make crazy saves, but it's it's my <laughs> it's my my dad's favorite way to rag on NHL goalies is oh he he only made a big save because he was out of position, and like a lot of times that's true, you know, a lot of times these super athletic goalies only need to be super athletic because they gamble and stuff. And not that there's anything wrong with those goalies. They're really fun to watch and they're great. Um, but the other brand of goaltending is just fundamental, right position, not giving up anything. And Jordan Bennington's obviously an athlete, you know, NHL quality athlete. He's got some athletic bones in his body. He can make those big saves. He can, you know, get get out of position and, and jump back into position, make a huge save, whatever. But when he's playing in his game, he's just playing comfortable, confident, fundamentally sound. And one win in the playoffs, in my opinion, is likely enough to snap him back into that playoff mentality that he hasn't had in so long. That that incredible run that we saw out of him to drag the Blues not just to a Stanley Cup, but from last place to a Stanley Cup. Put up Vesna quality numbers over that small sample size that he was called up and that's mentality, you know? That's that's something in here that is telling him that he can play that well and maybe with his struggles he got away from that a little bit uh obviously you know haven't heard as much of the i'm not nervous uh, or do i look nervous quality quotes um and not to say that that means he is nervous but i would love to see him get that swagger back and i think we're on the road to seeing that uh, out of jordan bennington that being said uh beyond jordan bennington there's a whole other group of players playing for the st louis blues tonight so after this break tommy and i are going to give our picks for locked on players of the game and talk about our expectations for a pivotal Game five, make sure you stay tuned. All right, Tommy. So puck drop is one hour in, or probably about two hours away with these super delayed puck drops. Um, 7.40 Eastern right now, 6.40 Central. Locked on player of the game is probably lacing up the skates right now for warm-ups. 
So, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the one that we look back on and say, man, the only reason the Blues are up 3-2 in the series, or not the only reason, but if it weren't for blank, Blues would have won this game. Locked on player of the game. Hit me. We're getting close in these standings, so every pick is crucial. We got a dark horse alert. Dark Josh. horse alert? Two so, points? So I'm picking a... I'm picking a guy last game that didn't get a whole lot of ice time. Oh, I know who it's going to uh, be. But that I, but oh, I, know that I think will pay will play a pivotal role oh, uh, in this game because he's on the first power yep. play unit and yep. special teams. Uh, we talked about special teams playing such a huge role in this entire series. The Blues, the last couple of games, haven't haven't converted at the rate you would expect them to against uh, a penalty kill with the Minnesota Wild that's near the bottom in the league or the lower half. Um and I think that this player is going to have a lot of momentum and a lot of uh, a lot of zeal to get that done going up against his hometown team, the Minnesota Wild. So I'm going to take Scotty Too Hottie, Scott Prunovich, as my locked-on player of the game. I think if the power play uh, converts like uh, I expect them to and we expected them to coming into this series, he's going to be a big part of that because he's taking over the role of Tory Krug, who is the power play quarterback. I hate that you picked Dark Horse because I'm... I'm not gonna pick a dark horse, um, but but it's it's a, a little bit of a dark horse in the context of this series, I guess. I don't know. I think Brunovich is a great pick. Um, his limited ice time wasn't, you know, due to poor play. It was calculated. He was there to be a power play weapon, and he played so much power play time. I think that first power play he was out there it was the four minute power play, and he pretty much single handedly kept the puck in the zone for two and a half minutes. I think it was. Um, of uninterrupted zone time, and that was all thanks to him being out there on the point, which generated the Blues a ton of momentum. So yeah, I think that's a great pick, and if you didn't pick him, I probably would have, but I'm going to pick someone who's probably been picked a lot for lockdown player of the game. I've called him the best forward on the St. Louis Blues at times. However, he does not have a playoff goal as a member of the St. Louis Blues yet, and I think that is due to change and due to change in bunches. I'm not expecting one. I'm expecting multiple goals out of Pavel Buchnevich tonight. Uh, he has been a really strong player for the Blues in this series. Just hasn't been getting the goals like he was in the regular season. He's, uh, I, I want to say he's hit a post. I could be wrong. No, that was Tarasenko that hit a post. But uh, he's had some good chances. Uh, he's got like nine or ten shots so far in the four games that he's played. Um, but has still been making his impact elsewhere. So it feels like the goals are just due. Um, so for that reason, I think Pavel Buchnevich is going to have a huge game for the Blues tonight. I'm expecting the floodgates to open. And when he gets hot, when he scores, he can score in bunches. I'm expecting a multi-goal game on a Pavel Buchnevich tonight. Uh, obviously, the dark horse pick from you leaves me uh, leaves me with a big risk in taking a, a ringer like Buchnevich. Um, but I'm confident in 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 Bucci. I, I think he can get me some uh, get me some much needed points as we get down the stretch of the lockdown player of the game race. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think both of those guys are, are really good picks. Party wants to change my pick to Nick Letty. I thought about it for a sec. Nick Letty. Yeah. Okay, give me the reasoning. All right, all right. Okay, so my reasoning is I feel the need to pick a dark horse player now that you picked a dark horse player. And I think, yeah, you know what? I I can't justify it enough in my mind. I don't know. You're sticking with Booch? (sighs) Booch has been rough, dude. Yeah, that's why I think. He's kind of been snake bitten. And he's like, like defensively, he was there like all season long and like on the penalty kill and everything. But like. It, it doesn't look like he has the same tenacity in these playoffs. I, Maybe he's banged yeah. up. I don't know. All but. right. All right. 
That's just my two cents. I don't want to steer you no, one I mean, the other. And then the results come back and you're like, it's only because yeah, well, you told me right, to take Nick right. Letty and he didn't even finish the game. Oh, gosh. That would be that would be miserable. Um, where, Where's Nick Letty? Was he playing on the first pairing? Do we know? Yeah. Okay. Pareko. All right. All right. Then, yeah, that's it's why. It's Letty, Pareko, I, Rosen, I, I've I'm pulling the old switcheroo. JTAP, get your eraser out. Erase Pavel Buchnevich. Get your white out. Go over it. Write in N-I-C-K-L-E-D-D-Y. Nick Letty is my official pick. You all thought I was picking Papa Buchnevich. Idiots. You should have known I would have changed it. <laughs> Nick Letty is on the first pairing. Colton Pareko hasn't played with a consistent defenseman since Nick Letty went down. Um, for the reason that I think not only is he going to have a great game himself, but he's going to elevate the play of Colton Pareko and hopefully get himself an assist or two in there. Um to to make up for the fact that Pavel Buchnevich is never going to get a hat trick now that I changed my pick, um, but it's 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 a risk you take when you play the game, I guess. So yeah, I mean, I think Nick Letty's going to have a pretty good You're game. You're a gambler, at heart. exactly, exactly. Um, I don't know if he's going to have maybe the same point production as a guy like Pavel Buchnevich or even a guy like Scott Perunovich, but his consistency and his reliability is something that helped the Blues defense out a ton when he was acquired, um, and I think that effect is going to be seen tonight. Uh, if there was one area where the Blues have struggled, even in their wins, it is defensively. It felt like, you know, they haven't gotten a whole lot of offense from their defense. Um, gotten a couple assists here or there, but I don't know. Do they have a defenseman goal this series? Maybe like one or two? Um, I feel like really, really doesn't feel like they have a whole lot uh, of, of offensive production from their defense outside of the occasional secondary assist or primary assist. So for that reason, I'm going to pick one of the one of the more sneaky defensemen, sneaky good defensemen on the St. Louis Blues, and that is Nick Letty with my official pick. Not Pavel Buchnevich. I I'm probably gonna regret that, but it's okay. Nick Letty goal and Nick Letty goal. If Imagine. Nick Letty gets a goal <laughs> after I like backwards talked myself into picking him as locked on player of the game because you picking Scott Prunovich threw me for a loop, I would be so happy. But I'm fully expecting to to eat my words and watch Buchnevich go for a hat trick and Nick Letty trip and fall over a skate lace and be out for the whole game. Um Okay, here's a question for you, okay. Josh. Um, so last game, uh, you probably mentioned this on the solo episode, but uh, there's two Blues defensemen that had 30 minutes of time on ice. And that's I the didn't first time that's that. happened since. That's the first time that's happened for the Blues since 2000, and it was Chris Pronger and Al McKinnis. Do you think tonight there is a member of the St. Louis Blues defense core that hits 30 minutes again? I hope not. I mean. <laughs> But we won last game. Yeah, but you don't you don't want to be running your defenseman into the ground like that. I feel like I feel like that was special circumstances. Like I, I was what Prunovich played only thirteen minutes, limited five on five minutes. Santini played like thirty five seconds all night. I know it's a little mm-hmm. bit of an exaggeration, but there were yeah, there were like seven there were special circumstances that led to it was Pareko and Falk, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, there were special circumstances that led to Pareko and Falk playing that many minutes, and obviously they played those minutes spectacularly. But I don't think the Blues are a team that you know needs to rely on defensemen like that. Um, I think they have enough depth, especially with Letty and Bertuzzi coming back, that you can stagger out the minutes a little bit more. If one or both of those guys play thirty plus minutes, it means something went wrong, in my opinion, or you know there some defensemen are really struggling or something like that. So I, I don't expect to see a repeat of that. I would I would expect to see Pareko get in like consistent first pairing minutes, maybe like somewhere like twenty seven. Um, with Nick Letty coming back and with him playing more of a you know solidified first pairing defenseman role, uh, 
But I, I hope we don't see more 30-minute uh, performances out of Pareko and Falk, unless, unless it's justified, uh, because that's not a recipe for long-term success. It'll wear them down, but I mean, hey, it, it worked in Game 4, so maybe they'll shut me up and, and, and play them out there a ton again tonight. Um, but I'm excited. Give me a score prediction, Tommy, before we wrap this one up. So I'm actually, before I give my score prediction, I'm actually on the other side of the aisle from you. I think uh, if if they don't hit 30 minutes, I think they're going to be close. Uh, and I think the reason for that is last game, you kind of saw that like Santini wasn't getting the time on ice and like, you know, maybe you trust him. Maybe you just don't trust him. And it was like a close game. and It was kind of going back and forth. Like there's a lot of circumstances where uh, the blues are throwing guys out there and like formations and like the penalty kill and all those things. And there's like, like, I think the game before you threw Rosen out on the power on the penalty kill. And that was, uh, nightmare fuel to say the least um and he played better last game for sure but i think i i think taking all those things into consideration um combined with the fact that nick letty did sustain an injury there's potential that he could not finish the game i i i don't think he'd come back if he wasn't if he if he wasn't able to contribute to the team but i also don't think he'd be sitting out uh if he was like 80% or like 70%, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I don't think you want to lean too heavily on Letty or Bertuzzo to log really like a whole bunch of minutes. And I think you you don't really want to lean on Rosen to log those minutes that are, are lost from those guys. And you definitely don't want to lean on Santini. So it kind of just comes down to Mikula. And then if he can't, if he seems like he's struggling, then you just kind of have to distribute the Justin Falk and Colton Pareko and live to see another that's day. That's true. You're, you're so that's really my changing my mind it, a lot in this episode. I'm sorry. You're using I, your, you're I, using I, your it, logic and your facts to make me reconsider. It's my good to opinion. have both sides, but I I do think what you were saying, like long term, that is not a recipe for success, and that's gonna like that's gonna break you down if you move on and you're facing the Colorado Avalanche, right? Like. You're gonna be winded. Your two best defensemen are gonna be like beaten and battered, punched over, playing like, half of every game, puking their guns out. Yeah, exactly. But also that being said, like if you don't divvy those minutes up that way, there's potential that you don't even. All right, but, but I think the Blues would there's a there's a bonus point at stake if if someone goes over thirty minutes tonight. <laughs> oh, Jokes aside, it's gonna be it's gonna be Perego's gonna be up there twenty from twenty nine minutes fifty eight seconds. I'm gonna have to get Craig. I'm yeah, gonna have to exactly. get Craig Bruby on the phone. I would be surprised. Get Craig Bruby on the phone. Pull him. Pull. Get him off chance. now. Put the card in. <laughs> An analysis of when he steps on and off the bench. <laughs> exactly. Did he get two feet in? <laughs> it's gonna be. We're getting competitive down the stretch. Um. Anyways, that being said, I think that is all the time we have for you guys today. I'm going to go enjoy some of the other Game 5s that we've got going on. I think Carolina and Boston are in the middle of a good battle right now. Um, I'm going to Detour in Imperial, so if you see me there, say hey. Cool, yeah. Say say hey to Tommy. Um, if you're for some reason in College Park, Maryland, say hey to me. Um, that'd be weird, though. Uh, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. That way you never miss a new episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are on the road to 250. I almost said 250,000. I mean, technically we are on the road to 250,000 subscribers. We are just like one step down the extremely long road. We're also on the road to 250 subscribers. We are much, much closer to that destination. But hey, who knows? You you never know. Uh, So yeah, check us out there. Leave a one video is all it takes. This could be the one. There's, I We could see this video on a billboard in Times Square next week. You know, and it'll be me saying this. Um, that being said, though, 
leave us a comment on our YouTube, hit that notification bell. That way you can interact with us. Uh, we'll reply to those comments, all that fun stuff. Follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.